Let's say amen as the choir comes. Amen.
And if that's not enough to wake you up, I'm letting you know that your fabulous hostess right here is one of those talented voices that you just heard in the Faith Temple Church of God Choir. That's right. Hopefully you're able to hear my voice as well. <laughs> your dearly beloved hostess, Sarah Oluwashin Adowalu. Yep, heard that right. Got a million other middle names, which I won't go into all of right now. But that's certainly one of them. One of the middle names that I mostly go by and use when filling out applications of any kind. <clears throat> and y'all heard me singing. Not just talking and rambling like I'm doing right now, but actually singing. Fun fact, I just learned that when you sing directly into a microphone it helps make it easier to project your voice that easily <coughs> sorry and even audio recorders can pick up on the sound very easily so yeah if you weren't able to hear me then that's your loss <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> I always record directly on Anchor, and Anchor is very reliable when picking up on sound quality. So anything I'll sing, any single thing I say actually makes it into a recording. I don't fully trust the Smart Recorder app anymore the way I used to. Um, that was a big mistake when I was recording that episode in part two of my harassment story episode where I talked about guy one and somehow the audio got all cut off like I know I was talking about one thing and then immediately following that I was talking about something else <laughs> yeah not sure if you guys still remember that anyway I had been using smart recorder at the time which I no longer trust Anchor is easier for me to use, even if their one-hour time limit is a bit annoying. Not to worry. I have the chance to create a new segment when necessary, and, and I'll try my best to honor that one-hour time limit by promising you for real that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be rambling so much. In the previous episode... I made before this I talked about the camp talent show at the YWCA and how it took place on my birthday you know August 5th which was a Friday it was also the Friday before the last week of camp at the Dumont camp so it worked out pretty well um, I know I also said that I was going to do an episode where I talk about each of my co-workers. I'm trying my best to remember each and every single one of their names. I still kind of have access to the Dumont Camp staff roster on this app called Trinet, which we all use to clock in and clock out for our shifts, check our paychecks, which we have received every two weeks. Since we were paid bi-weekly and, you know, stuff like that. The app also has a list of every single staff member, um, not only at the Dumont camp, 
but also over at the Mawa camp, uh, which is the second location of the YWCA in northern New Jersey. I chose the Dumont camp for very obvious reasons, and besides, I'm really not all that familiar with the vicinity of Mawa other than hearing about Ramapo College. Ramapo is actually one of the schools I've once considered at some point, and I think I also went. <coughs> sorry, I think I also went on a tour of it, but that was literally eons ago when I was a junior in high school. Um, it's now a distant memory to me, so I literally have no recollect recollection of that area. Um. Dumont is at least somewhat closer to where I live um, because it's right between Teaneck and Bergenfield without all the annoyingness of the traffic and stuff. The traffic that my dad would sometimes face when coming to pick me up in the afternoons. It was always pretty smooth in the mornings for the most part, um, but when it came to the afternoons, which was the time for afternoon dismissal for the campers and the post-camp hour, you know, which we would call aftercare, and the staff members checking out. Um, the traffic would be pretty bad, so my dad would unfortunately come late a few times to pick me up, which had happened a few times. Yeah, it sucks, but, you know, it was what it was. So anyway, for this episode, I had a quick last-minute change of plans in terms of the topic, which was initially supposed to be about each of my co-workers, um, including the camp managers and the assistant camp directors, and not so much about the campers themselves. Um, I think I've talked enough about some of the campers already, like, you know, personality-wise, like, who's who, like, yeah. Um, but I realized that I didn't really have the chance to go over the Dumont camp staff roster on the app, which I promise I'll make some more time to do during the week. So for this episode, I'll really just talk about the lunchtime and snack time routines at camp. This should be a fun and interesting subject. Well, for me, I love food. And I guess that's one of the perks of working in a summer camp setting is that even as a staff member, you can get free snacks. Free kid snacks, I mean. Overall, I, I really loved it when the assistant camp directors would treat us staff, you know, like camp counselors and specialists. You know, to nice things for lunch. Um, like, for example, one time it was a local Chinese food place around the elementary school building. <coughs> Sorry. Right there in Duma. Um, the assistant directors went around and took our orders for whatever it is we wanted. Um, I think I ordered the fried rice and the fried chicken like eight pieces of the fried chicken um because i myself wasn't familiar with the chinese 
a restaurant or like what it's called but I was like um the assistant director or she gave me like a menu as for some of the things that they had there and so I was like you know I'll just get the fried rice and the fried chicken and yeah and the money was on them the assistant directors um we counselors or staff didn't like have to pay for anything thankfully like yeah and so yeah that was one time about that and um the on the very last day of camp it was staff staff appreciation day and so as well as the camp carnival um but for lunch um the assistant directors and the manager offered to buy us something to eat from the local Chick-fil-A, uh, which was mostly just their chicken sandwiches and some fries. And I ordered the regular um, chicken sandwich, uh, of course. Yeah, I think regular spicy, I don't recall. But yeah, along with their amazing fries, yeah. But yeah, I really love that. And I also love that I had the opportunity and the convenience to order lunch on Uber Eats from all the local restaurants like Burger King and Wendy's, Taco Bell, etc. <laughs> yeah. But I digress. Well, kind of. Um, I would say that, that the best part of camp was lunchtime as well as snack time for the campers their lunchtime period was from 11:45 to 12:30 which was 45 minutes long and um as staff we had the option to have our lunch with them like if we wanted to i would see the two black male counselors for group 4/5 the oldest age group of campers eat their lunches during the campers' lunchtime whenever we were having lunch in the cafeteria. Well, technically the gym, but the custodians have it set up as a cafeteria, like with the tables and benches and setting it up. So, yeah. Um, so, in my group 1B, uh you know, a group of campers between the ages of five through seven. Um, there are three of us female counselors. Um, the black girl was kind of like their lead, lead counselor for the most part um, because she was the one like giving them orders and stuff like that. Um, yeah, before the Hispanic woman joined our group, it, it was just this girl and me as the two counselors for the group. Um, this girl was taking the lead and I was just there sort of assisting her. Yeah, and even then we'd alternate our lunch breaks with each other, which was the best part. And when it came to lunch breaks, we would have to record our time of going on break in the whiteboard of the two assistant camp directors. The room was large enough, physically speaking, you know, to, like, have everything. And it was filled with all the camp documents, you know, like, the rosters of the campers in each assigned group. You know, just, you know, stuff like that. 
And um, each of the two whiteboards in the room, it was full of a lot of writings and, you know, just some announcements about general stuff that pertained to camp, such as the list of counselors assigned to particular camp groups. I mentioned before in, in the list of Group 1B counselors um, that my name was misspelled without the H. Like, I had a list of us three counselors in 1B, you know, the black girl counselor, the Hispanic woman, and my name on the bottom. Um, my name was misspelled without the H. But at the time, I wasn't exactly sure who wrote it down, so that's why I didn't, like, address it. Um, but I had a feeling it was one of the two assistant camp directors because that was their office. So I thought it was mostly them taking notes of important stuff about the camp, you know, like upcoming activities and events, you know, like the camp barbecue and stuff. And also to record the total number of campers currently present at camp. Um, the most number of campers would be about 127 campers total so this would be there there was about at least 20 to 24 assigned campers in each camp group so you know always doing a head count um recording who was absent who was running late or had to leave camp early um who which camper had their last day of camp so yeah just general stuff like that <laughs> and um also in the office, there were printed out copies of the campers' daily schedules of activities, you know, from Mondays to Fridays, and it's based on camp group. Yeah, their office was also where the kids' snacks were distribu distributed, like in a large um, blue box. It's pretty similar to the blue box that we have in my group 1B's assigned classroom. The assistant directors were mostly in charge of distributing those snacks and probably ordering or buying them too. So yeah, I'm going to get to the snacks in just a little bit. Let me just give myself a quick water break. <laughs> And I'm back. Yep. The camper snack time activity was the 20 minute activity after their final activity on their daily schedule. And so, um, for group 1B, for a specific example, because um, I was their counselor and I know this best, the last activity on their schedule, their daily schedule, was art class with the art specialist. So yeah, all these specialist activities would take place in the classrooms, and this, those specialists would be the ones to come to them. Like, the art specialist would be the one to come over to the classroom to teach. And so, yeah, after the art class was over, um, it was snack time for the 1B campers. And immediately following snack time would be time for afternoon dismissal, 
where the campers were staying afterwards for post-camp or aftercare. They would be the first ones to get called down to go down to the gym where the post-camp shift was going to take place after the afternoon dismissal generally outside. So yeah, already talked about the morning routines in previous episodes, but yeah. <clears throat> As for snack time, it always took place in each of the campers assigned classrooms, never ever in the cafeteria. It was only lunchtime that took place in the cafeteria most times including on Fridays with the whole Pizza Friday thing. Other than Pizza Friday in the cafeteria, um, for the rest of that whole week, lunchtime would often take place in the campers' assigned classrooms. Yeah, I know it sounds a bit confusing, um, but for some reason, somewhere along the way, um, the assistant directors and the manager decided to do a little switcheroo by having the campers eat their lunches in their classrooms on Mondays through Thursdays. Fridays were pizza Fridays, so that would always be in the cafeteria. Um, The first two weeks of camp, though, we didn't have pizza Fridays. On the very first Friday of camp, um, which was July 1st, for reasons unknown, there was no Pizza Friday. Um, I kind of overheard the assistant directors talking about it in their office among each other one time during that week. So one of them was like, so no Pizza Friday tomorrow or something like that. And yeah, I couldn't help but wonder why. Like, I didn't like say it out loud, of course. It was just, you know, obviously it's my first time working there, so... All of this is new to me, so it's just like, if you have a camp tradition of having pizza on Fridays, like, why aren't you having it this week? Like, why no pizza? Like, were they not, like, able to get the orders delivered properly or on time or something? Like, yeah, I never, I never knew why, though. Like, I obviously didn't even bother to ask. Like, I wasn't sure if it was my place to ask, so... I just kind of overheard them talking about, so there won't be any, like, pizza tomorrow. Like, it was a Thursday, and so the female director, she was like, so there won't be any pizza tomorrow, or, yeah, so, which is weird, because I don't know why, like, (coughs) sorry. But, yeah, that was that first Friday, um. I guess maybe because it was the very, like, first week of camp, and I guess maybe they didn't, like, prepare to, like, place the orders on time. I don't know. Um, But the following Friday, though, which was July 8th, um, that was the day of the camp barbecue, um, which, of course, took place in the cafeteria. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely no pizza Friday then. Um. You know, I feel like if they ordered pizza, that would have been a conflict of interest for the campers. And I did mention that in that episode, um, for the campers themselves, it was only the choices of burgers, hot dogs, and chips, and yeah. And just regular drinks, like juice or water. Like, 
Yeah, so, and the campers themselves only had to get one choice of something, so, and then one choice of a condiment, like, either a burger or a hot dog, or, yeah, and if they wanted, as for a burger, they had to choose between a cheeseburger, you know, like, with cheese or no cheese at all, and yeah, and for the condiments, it was only one thing that they had to choose between ketchup or mustard or um, mayonnaise or barbecue sauce and can't remember anymore. But yeah, it was only one thing for them as campers. But for us staff members, you know, like specialists, counselors, the assistant directors, the camp managers, um, it was a whole lot of food that most of us prepared or ordered from restaurants around us like at the local jersey mics or something yeah so so yeah that was plenty of food for us adults so it wasn't really necessary to order pizza um or so the camp managers and assistant directors felt so yeah and for the following friday after that july 15th um, it was International Day, so the campers had to bring in meals from their ethnic cultural backgrounds. Um, that took place during the campers' lunchtime and in their assigned classrooms. So we didn't like need to eat in the cafeteria or anything. It was only in the classrooms. Like the f- meals would be distributed by the um counselors in each classrooms but the campers themselves had to explain like what the meal was like what ethnic origin the food was um so that day was the first time we had pizza friday um but it was only for us staff members um not necessarily for the campers themselves when were the campers in uh, group 1b i I think it was that blonde girl, you know, with the temper issues. Um, Yeah, she brought in one box of small pizza slices from a local Domino's that's closest to the school building. So I'm like, this pizza is literally not enough for the whole entire like classroom. But yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah, that's basically it. And so on the fourth Friday which is July 22nd. Um, Pizza Friday was official. And yeah, that was the week in which we started having the campers eat their lunches in their own assigned classrooms on Mondays through Thursdays. And the gathering for the pizza for Friday in the cafeteria was only on Fridays for the rest of that week and onward at camp. So, yeah, no matter what, snack time remained the same all throughout the seven-week program. Snack time was always after the last activity on the campers' assigned schedule of activities. So, for Group 1B specifically, their snack time was after art class with the art specialist. Like, after the art specialist would leave the classroom... Then the black girl counselor would take on over, leading them and have them line up to wash their hands. Um, 
before distributing the snacks. Yeah, so that's the general rule of camp is that before the campers ate lunchtime or snack time, we counselors would always have to encourage them to line up first to wash their hands. Each camper's assigned classroom had a sink inside them where the campers could wash their hands when necessary. Um, I don't believe that group 4 slash 5's classroom had a sink or a bathroom in it. Um, I know this because I was initially their counselor for the very first two days of camp um, before the black assistant director um, permanently assigned me to group 1B. And since group 4 slash 5 was the oldest age group of campers, you know, people ages 9 through 12, um, they didn't exactly need a lot of supervision to go to the bathrooms, um, which were across from their classroom in the halls. But they were always encouraged to line up to go wash their hands before lunchtime and snack time. And so for group 1B, the black girl counselor would have the campers line up to wash their hands before lunchtime on Mondays through Thursdays when it came time for lunch. After the 1B campers washed their hands, they could get their lunch boxes from their um, backpacks by the windowsill and start having their lunches. And the same thing for snack time in the afternoons. And on Fridays, when it was Pizza Fridays, um, after the campers, 1B campers finished washing their hands, they had to like line up so that we could head out to the cafeteria to have lunch, you know, Pizza Friday. And um, yeah, because some of the campers also had the option to bring their own lunches when necessary, even ordering a slice or two of pizza. Um, they were encouraged to get their lunch boxes if they brought lunch from home and then line up so that we could all like go to the cafeteria together for pizza. Yeah, again, this is only on Fridays. Yeah. <clears throat> As for snack time, um, there were always a million options of kid snacks for the campers to choose from. The camp manager and assistant directors were always the ones in charge of buying those snacks or ordering them and then having them distributed in each of their offices. And it was up to us counselors to come to the office to gather those snacks and put them in the blue box for each of our assigned classrooms and distribute them to the campers. So for group 1B specifically, um, the black girl counselor would call each camper's name up individually to come up to get a snack. Um, But first she would distribute each of the snack choices on the table. Um, It was usually four snacks and the camper would have to choose only one of those snacks um, because those snacks were provided by the camp. You know, the assistant directors and the manager. Campers were also welcome to bring in their own snacks from home as well. So if they were getting two snacks, it's because one of their snacks was their own from home. And the second one was the snack distributed to them by the camp. 
So they couldn't get two of the camp snacks. It only had to be one camp snack. And the other one could be their own snack from home. Yeah, that's what I mean. So hopefully you guys weren't, like, confused. (laughs) So one example of a snack distributed to the campers, which I consider to be my absolute favorite, it's Ritz Ritz crackers and cheesy dip. Like, that is legit my favorite snack of all time. And it used to be my favorite when I was little. Anyway, that would be one of the snack options for the 1B campers to choose from. The snack distributed by the camp directors. Their second snack would be the one that they brought from home, which they were welcome to do as well. So, yeah. It was great to have two snacks. (laughs) As a natural foodie, I would always help myself to one of the snacks after all the campers have gotten theirs. And even the black girl counselor would help herself as well. And the Hispanic woman counselor. We staff could always help ourselves to some of the camp snacks. Um, It wasn't all necessarily just for the campers. I love the Ritz cheese crackers. Like, I can't help myself. I'm actually, like, craving one right now just speaking about it. I think I've had a million of those every day at camp during the camper snack time. I'm just joking, though. They didn't always serve those cheese crackers every single day. Um, I also like the other stuff they had as well, including the Scooby snack crackers, like, You know, the animal crackers that were in the shape of Scooby-Doo's dog bones. Yeah, I don't know even know the exact name anymore. But yeah, that was also one of my favorite snacks, the Scooby snacks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and other times the assistant directors and camp managers would randomly distribute ice pops for the campers at random times. Ice pops were actually the most popular snacks distributed for the campers during the Olympics week at camp, um, only because it wasn't just a regular week of camp. (coughs) Sorry. It was a week filled with fun games and activities to play during the Camp Olympics, which I think I forgot to mention during the episode where I talked mostly about the Camp Olympics week, like the games and the activities. My favorite flavors of the ice pops are the blue one and the green one. I think the green one is a lime flavor and the blue one is raspberry. Raspberry? I have no freaking clue anymore. Anyway, you guys know how ice pops make your tongue turn a different color when you have one? Yeah, that was me pretty much every single freaking time the manager and the assistant directors distributed the ice pops. Yeah, we staff could always help ourselves to all of these. I personally always wanted the campers to be served these amazing treats first before I could help myself to one. I mean, it's just a sign of me being flawlessly um, respectful. Like, let the kids have one first, you know? Yeah. There was one other time, though, I believe it was either during the first or second week of camp, the campers had ice cream for snacks. So it wasn't the regular snacks normally distributed by the manager and assistant directors, you know, like popcorn, Ritz crackers, Scooby snacks, and etc. 
It was only ice cream, which I believe was ordered from Haagen-Dazs. I am not sure if I even spelt the brand name right in the script, nor if I'm pronouncing even pronouncing it properly. Um, I totally suck at learning German or whatever the language is, but that's the ice cream brand. And um, it was obviously ordered by the manager and the assistant directors. Um, the female assistant director, um, who's the Hispanic girl about a year younger than me, uh, she was the one who distributed each of the ice cream flavors to the campers in each classroom. And there were only two flavors, vanilla and strawberry, neither of which I myself got, unfortunately. <laughs> um, apparently, they didn't order enough ice cream for every single person at camp, including the staff members themselves. I personally never got one, and I don't think the black girl counselor did either. Um, this was way before the Hispanic woman joined our group 1B. <clears throat> Um, so, yeah, I would have wanted some ice cream um, if I'd gotten one. I think I might have gotten the strawberry flavor. I personally am not a fan of plain ice cream. <laughs> like, I like my ice cream with some taste and flavor. Slightly off topic, but I think that the best ice cream comes from Dairy Queen and Baskin Robbins. Um... I love any flavor that isn't just plain. Um, sometimes I like the rainbow flavor. Um, other times I like the chocolate chip cookie flavor. I personally do not have a flavor pe preference. As long as it's sweet to my taste buds, I can take whatever. Um, but generally speaking, though, I'm not exactly the biggest fan of sweets. And um, I try my best not to be so crazy about cake whenever it's served at a party or special occasions and events i only really like to cake cake for the bread itself um not necessarily for its icing the icing i think would be too sweet of course so <laughs> yeah um even when i was little i wasn't exactly um the biggest fan of all the sweet sugary stuff I mean, I kind of am now, but, like, only in moderation, I suppose. Um, yeah, there's a difference. Um, let me just get a quick water break <laughs> again. Um, so yeah, that was the YWCA Dumont camp lunchtime and snack time in a nutshell. This is yet another YWCA related episode where I talk mostly about the food. Um, I can't help myself, you know, um, even when I was working for the YMCA in the summer of 2021, we were always served ice pops on Fridays only, but that was pretty much it. The ice pops were mostly just rewards for the campers. 
themselves for having done such a great job throughout the week and having been on their best behavior or a semblance of their quote-unquote best behavior. (laughs) I put air quotes around best because not all of them were always on their best behavior, of course, but you know, it is what it is. And yeah, we staff, like counselors and specialists could help ourselves to the um, ice pops as well. Um, But yeah, anyway, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, I tried my best to make sure I didn't ramble so much or to hell of anchor reminding me about my one hour time limit. (coughs) Sorry. As I previously may have promised you, I'll try my best to not just do only Sunday episodes. I bet that you probably are wondering if I'll have just enough time to record during the week as I do on Sundays, huh? Yeah, you know, I'll try my best. I just get so easily caught up in other stuff. So do forgive me, y'all. My main goal this week is to try to get another episode in during the week. Which will mostly be the one where I talk about each of my co-workers. Um, I'll make time to write this script and record when I can. No excuses, I promise. Trust me. Um, The following episode I plan to do after that is when I talk about my overall view of my job experience at not only the YWCA this past summer, but also at the YMCA in the summer of 2021. I'll go into each of those topics whenever I can. And yeah, and I definitely had prior summer camp experience. We're working as a camp counselor at the Hackensack Recreation Center. Um, I'm going to get to doing episodes about that someday, so I don't want to talk about the Hackensack Recreation Center just yet. So that obviously will be another future topic for another future episode. I could talk about all the camp routines and all the day trips and events and such. And then I'll talk about, uh, you know, the co-workers and also my overall experience working there back in the summer of 2018 so yeah not yet and then after the ywca related episodes are over um my plan is to talk about something um very um serious Uh uh-oh yeah yeah you heard that right uh yeah it's just something to do with my experience at Montclair State um as of recently unfortunately and you know I'll just leave it at that for now like I really do not want to go into further details right now um you'll get them um when I get there but just not yet right now of course um I really just want to keep things more positive for now um but if you have any questions comments or just general constructive feedback about my show 
please don't be afraid to hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and any other place on social media. I'm very active on Instagram. And I have two accounts. My personal, which is summergirl of 97. That's S-U-M-M-E-R-G-I-R-L-O-F-9-7. Summer Girl of 97. And my professional, which is Sarah underscore journalist. Um, That's my name, Sarah with an H underscore and the word journalist. So I wish y'all an amazing week. Um... I hope you guys stay safe and stay warm and positive vibes. I send y'all positive vibes.